Prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. Whether you watch your favorite sports and players, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Download the app today. Use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. New game day shirt. Boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate. Boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W. But you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction, eligibility, and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member. FDIC. You're listening to the Men in Blazers Media Network, Suboptimal Radio. Es Liado de Televisión Española. Yo te quería hacer dos preguntas. La primera, insistir en Stefan Valletich, ¿qué te parece? Y luego, si eres consciente de que eres uno de los entrenadores más queridos y más populares en España. Muchas gracias. And now you need to ask it in English. In English, yeah, cool. I, my, I don't speak Spanish. Somebody told you I speak Spanish. <laughs> Anyone speak Spanish? About Stefan, um, in Spain, club is very, very popular. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. I should have understood that. It's Friday. It's Rog. And we've made it to the end of another week. Oh, cheer up, Arsenal fans. Just remember this life truth. You could support Everton. Just maintain that one front of mind as we scurry towards another weekend of this finely poised Premier League season. None of us know how it will tilt next. Will our young heroes, Arsenal Football Club, continue to stall out? After suffering through the trials of four games without a victory? All that momentum, all that joy, all that belief turned to ashes in their mouth, spilled in a puddle on the floor. 1.9 will do that to you. Whereas Manchester City, they are in full imperious mode. Erling Haaland seems less a footballer, more Pep Guardiola's angel of vengeance. A dark destroyer who's blasted 26 goals. In just 22 Premier League games. And De Bruyne and Holland! The champions straight away! A giant moment from a giant man! Farmers League. You bookworms will be all too familiar with the emotions that we're all experiencing in this moment. A Premier League title race like a page-turning novel you simply don't want to put down. Even though we're going to wake up early in the morning, you want to keep flicking through those pages. And might Eric Ten Hag's Manchester United be that character introduced mysteriously halfway through the book who end up upturning that whole plot structure? Only the two Robbies know for sure. The one thing we do know is this. It's going to be... Incredible. Incredible. 
Oh, thanks, Pep. Bless. Before we dive into the Premier League weekend ahead, I do want to raise a third first bud of the day to the Canadian women players who yesterday, yes, lost 2-0 to the United States. A big love to my friend Andy Sullivan. Brilliant game last night, like an American Angolo. But the match itself wholly overshadowed by the Canadian players' ongoing battle for equality with their own football federation, Canada Soccer. Yes, the Olympic gold medal winners took to the field last night with their warm-up gear turned inside out and then walked on wearing purple jerseys proclaiming enough is enough. And I honestly can't imagine what it's like as a player to have to fight your own federation, all those legal memos and briefs and conference calls that just eat up every moment off the field, the anguish, and then take to the pitch to represent the nation as if none of that is happening. It's a surreal reality. It must be mentally and physically shattering. I've really admired Janine Becky and the way she's spoken with such honest power throughout the week for the game show that's disgusting. We're having to asked just to be treated equally. It's a fight that women all over the world have to partake in every single day, but quite frankly, we're sick of it. I'm not disappointed anymore. I'm just angry. Christy Sinclair admitted post-game, I think we're all just exhausted. The battle against their own federation off the field did them in to better days ahead for the Canadian women. One beautiful piece I want to draw your attention to this week, by the way, is my interview with a truly magical human being, Daryl DK, part of our American States United series presented by ESPN+. Plus. It's a beautiful hour spent with the West Brom US men's national team striker. He's a proven goal scorer, all that stuff, but he's really a lovely human being who's lived a lot of life over the past year. You'll find that in our pod stream. A cut will also be up on our YouTube imminently. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Okay, producer Sophie, sting me up. Talking it out with Roger. That was Talking It Out with Roger by Marcus Ricci in Seattle. And you're listening to WGFOP Weekend Preview. The show will reach the ears of Aaron Rodgers when he emerges from four days of darkness. And convince him to do four years of silence next. Call us 646-450-9472. 646-450-9472. So many great calls throughout this week. It could be your voice on the pod next weekend. Question number one. Hey, Raj. Uh, this is Paul calling from Asheville, North Carolina. Arsenal supporter and also one of the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Both those sounded a lot better two weeks ago, I know. But last weekend before the the big American football game, I I really tried to take a a page out of your book. What I came to realize, and and this is probably way too late in my adult life, was I didn't want the win for myself. I wanted them to win. I thought it was just such a special team of young, incredible players, and they deserved it. And I wanted just nothing but the best for them. And then, as you saw, Sunday when the whistle blew and it was just, the game ended and I was just deeply sad for them. It was, it was a very profound experience. It just felt like such a special team and a special season. And now yesterday with City coming in and just <laughs> rabbit punching Arsenal, I feel like history's rhyming already way too soon. But, uh, 
you know, having gone through the, the highest of highs and lowest of lows with the, my American counterparts, uh, I have to say that the hope and gratitude is, is more powerful than the pain so far. But anyways, just going through it right now, Raj, uh, not sure what to feel, but I uh, just wanted to get your, your, your console. Uh, courage, always courage. Paul, oh, Paul, oh, I just want to fly to Asheville right now, have a bite of Biscuit Head and a pint of Wicked Weed and give you the hug you no doubt need right now. All I can say is I feel your pain. I really do. Philadelphia Eagles and Arsenal. Yes, it could be worse, could be Bears and Everton, but how to grapple with all those nearlies? And I'll say that question is one I just don't recommend you engage with at all right now as an Arsenal fan. There is so much football still to be played, so much talent across that side. And they go again, bright and early, tomorrow morning against Aston Villa, 7.30am Eastern Time, USA Channel. Look, I too am old enough to remember when Arsenal had a seven-point gap at the top of the table. They were winners of the first half of the season. I think they dropped just seven points in that entire process. And suddenly, we've seen eight points dropped. Some stolen, exclamation mark, in the first three games of this cruel, cruel second half of the campaign. And a lot of Arsenal fans I know are already in the what-if stage what if Thomas Partey had been fit on Wednesday? Oh, what if Ketcher had scored with that blown header in the first half? If Tomoyasu hadn't self-sabotaged? If the ref hadn't blown that far call against Brentford? What if the Queen hadn't passed away and we played Manchester City back when we should have done in September? But even in darkness... There is light. Yes, the searing agony of the Manchester City breakdown did say... Look at the huge gap in quality across the depth of squads. One team had Harlan, the other Enketcher, and I love Eddie. But there is gulf between machine and man. But it also reinforced the sense of just how impressive the job Mikel Arteta has done, is doing, defying the truth that in football, bottom line finances correlate almost perfectly to ultimate final position. So... What are we witnessing? Is it a mere blip in the season? Or is it an achingly sad sight and sound of a bubble bursting? A correction. Arteta is attempting to channel defiance, proclaiming... But it's normal, obviously, you want to get maximum points that we did in the last three games. And uh, we have to look at ourselves as well. We have to be more efficient for the amount of um, play and situation we have generated. We haven't had enough points and uh, and that's down to us and we have to improve that because we want to win more games so as your boys head to villa to face old gaffer unai emery unai emery revenge oh surely the most sweet natured of revenges i would say you've just got to believe and keep believing because there is still so much more to come emile smith Rowe could be back tomorrow Parte touch and go gabriel jesus still to come everything still feels possible resist the urge to panic because that's what next week is for but let me remind you of happier days Arsenal's belief in 
living. Their momentum is compelling. For Kyle Sacker's goal was stunning. And this place is bubbling like rarely it has over the course of recent years. My lord, was that just less than a month ago? Also, Peter Drury. Oh, it's like listening to Chaucer Craft Rhymes live. Next question. Hi, Raj. It's Angela from Tufton, California, and I am an Arsenal supporter. It's been a tough day. I can live with the De Bruyne goal. I can live with the Holland goal. But Grealish, is it too soon to give up on the season? Help me not walk into the cave of despair. And about Jack, I mean, I still would. Thanks. Bye. I would too, Angela. I mean, who wouldn't want a bit of this? Dean Smith also says you're an encyclopedia of football. Where where does that come from? A what? An encyclopedia of football. I don't know what that means. Man City, though, the empire strikes back, suddenly imperious, 11 straight Premier League victory, restoring them to their rightful seat on football's quite sweaty iron throne, albeit just by goal difference and with an extra game played, but they'll take the field. Arsenal will already have played slash slipped up as Pep continues to circle the wagons around that serious task of landing a fifth title in six years. Yeah, I don't know how he does it either. Forrest, hoping though for a City hangover, those tricky trees unbeaten in seven league games at home and the noise by the River Trent will be vaguely audible all around the world. Incredible fact, though, about our boy Jack Grealish. Manchester City have won 82% of their Premier League games with Jack Grealish playing this season compared to just 33% when he doesn't take the field. Could it be that the court jester is turning into a crown prince? We'll find out more Saturday, 10am Eastern Time on Peacock. Brace yourself. For more of this. Bernardo Silva. Haaland's on the charge. Gundogan. And Grealish! Snatches back a Champions lead! Prize Picks is the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states across the country, including so many of my favourites, California, Texas and Georgia. Godspeed, Georgia. I'm hungry for a dozen lemon pepper wet. But back to Prize Picks. We've been hearing from so many WGFOPs who are loving double P. Pablo Picasso, Prize Picks, which allows them to win up to 25 times their money for the soccer season, is a reason I do appreciate Prize Picks because it's simple. During the Premier League match days, I've got roughly 239 tabs on my computer open as we attempt to work out our social media, the pod rundown, the upcoming interview, you get the drift. But because Price Picks is easy to play, I'm not having to constantly click to see how my gents are doing or how many certain actions are worth. You just select two or more players, pick more 
or less on their projected stats and you place your entry. That is how easy it can be. You also mix and match players from several leagues across the globe. Luca De La Torre, I'm looking at you, as well as other sports like basketball oh, and hockey. Oh, the capitals. Download the app today. Use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. It's promo code MIB, prize picks, pick more or pick less. It's that easy. It's Rog here to tell you about a product that I simply adore. It's been a long time staple in the Bennett refrigerator, Stoke Cold Brew Coffee. Always bold, always smooth. Yes, that is the very same Stoke as in the mighty Wrexham Fortress, known as the Stoke Kairas or the Stoke Racecourse, Wrexham AFC's home. They support it. They support football, which is just one great reason to love this coffee. It is my go-to enjoy during the football calendar, essentially the opposite of Everton. And you can check out their full lineup of 48-ounce cold brew products, something for everybody, from light to dark roast to seasonal favourites in a refrigerated multi-serve format. I tell you this, as someone whose blood type is now officially Stoke Espresso Blend, have the coffee house experience in the comfort of your own home and do it now. Stoke Cold Brew Coffee. And be sure to follow Wrexham AFC. Big love to all at Stoke. Courage. Raj, it's Craig from D.C., long-time Man City fan and long-time fan of your pod. I just watched Man City beat Arsenal. We're top of the table. Lots of excitement, but I'm feeling lost. I became a Man City fan nearly two decades ago because I liked that they were underdogs. I liked that they were the noisy neighbors. But now it feels like we're the empire, and it's hard to enjoy the win. It feels tainted. What do I do? Do I need to serve a sentence as a man with no club, just a fan of the EPL broadly? Do I need to do penance by being an Everton fan for a while to balance the karma? Give me guidance, Raj. Love everything you do and courage. Thanks so much. Oh, Craig, I miss your city. I would love to come back and watch a spirit game this season. What a question. And I want to resist the temptation to draw a direct link between Manchester City's unprecedented success and the 115 allegations of rule breaking they've been charged with by the Premier League. Look, We have talked a lot in this podcast about the fluidity of American fandom. It is a real thing. Loved it this week. Don't know if you saw my friend Ariel Helwani um, interview Brennan Johnson on his show, the Nottingham Forest striker. And Ariel Helwani was an Everton fan. One of the many things that draws me to the gent until last summer when he decided, nope, I am now a Nottingham Forest fan. And when he interviewed Brennan Johnson with a straight face, not once, but I think twice, Ariel told Brennan how he is Forest's biggest fan and has been since the start of the season. And by the way, Brennan didn't even blink because that is the new reality of global fandom. There is no blood. There is no geographical tie. And you can move on when you when, when that love dies. There's a fluidity. Um, And that is the modern reality. And part of Manchester City's agony in this context of fandom being fickle is they know this so well. That's why they went off and built this network in the first place, this global network. They knew they had to do football different because they were already way behind the big teams like Manchester United, like Liverpool globally. They've given them a two decades head start. Um, What happens now? 
is really fascinating. I do love the idea of yours, Craig, that you have to do penance by supporting Everton. I'm pretty convinced that will only happen in the next life if you were a very evil bastard in this one. Uh, This is a slight aside, but I've never believed in reincarnation. But I am beginning to think all of us Everton fans this decade was surely just Vlad the Impaler or Ivan the Terrible in a previous era. But back to your question, what you should do, I can't tell you. As this legal case drags on, you will work it out for yourself. And it's going to be some fascinating test. I can tell you there's something inside of me right now that feels so dark about football in general in this moment with this case undermining so much while the Qataris are bidding for Manchester United, the Saudis won that 2030 World Cup hosting duty, and they're sponsoring the Women's World Cup in 2023, which is surreal, dystopian almost, awful, awful, awful. And it feels like the whole of football could just be waving a white flag and buckling to the forces that want to warp it. I've just heard this week from so many Men in Blazers fans who are Manchester City supporters in our mailbag, meninblazers at gmail.com. I say half make deeply beautiful, emotional arguments about how profound the Aguero moment was, for instance, so that this could only be a witch hunt. Let's hear some Aguero. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Look, it's not a great rational argument that because that was such a beautiful moment, this can only be a witch hunt. But I do feel for you. And there's many other Manchester City fans who are asking the question, you are Craig, and finding, well, that it's changed everything. Every fan, this is what I believe, will come to their own position. Being a football fan, it's like being a parent for the first time. It's one of those things where everybody gives you advice. And the honest truth is, each emotional experience is singular. Parenthood is singular, football fandom is singular, and even though everyone tells you what you should do, ultimately, what you experience at the profoundest depths in your heart, that's yours, and yours alone. Next question. Brian, New York, and Newcastle. My question is, is do you think Eddie Howe has the nerve to steal the top four and continue on this magnificent run? Brian, oh, I'm fascinated to hear if you chose Newcastle because of the new in New York. Stranger seeds of fandom have happened. Please let me know. I'm genuinely wondering. Look, this is a wild, magical season way up north in Newcastle. One in which Chelsea have become drunk on chaos, in which Liverpool have shattered themselves on the rocks of the quadruple chase and in which Tottenham have played with Antonio Conte's fire. And that's given this incredible moment to Newcastle, which they are seizing in many ways. So you could say, if not this season, then when? And from a footballing perspective, and a true footballing perspective alone, Eddie Howe has done an incredible job. Not just in resuscitating the energy and tactical sharpness of so many players in his squad, from Miguel Almiron to Joe Linton, but also fine-tuning his own philosophy, which was pure, almost naive, attacking, swashbuckling football in his heyday at Bournemouth, but has become so much more 
about locking down that back. Really a flip in his own sense of self. But my Lord, this weekend, some tests, 12.30pm Eastern Time, on NBC proper, Liverpool travel up north to St. James's Park for Saturday's game of the day. And remember, Newcastle have lost just once this season. It was back at the end of August when Liverpool came from behind at the last. Carvalho thrashing home to clip Newcastle for the very first and last time. And the Toon's thin towing squad, they are going to be without Bruno Guimaraes. Who is there, everything? Suspended for his third and final game. I'm going to think the team's minds are going to be on next weekend. Sunday's Carabao Cup, which they hope against Manchester United, will overfloweth. But you ask him about how is Eddie Howe doing? How is the project? How is it seen? I think there can be no higher praise than when Jurgen Klopp was asked about how his impact on Newcastle. And he said this. Done. Absolutely. Oh, Eddie's doing an exceptional job. Absolutely exceptional. So the financial possibilities they, they have or will have in the future is exceptional. But it's uh, and so far, it's not that it's because of that. Not at all. So Eddie came there in a difficult situation. They they um, stayed comfortably in the in the league, stuff like this. Then um, and then the new season. It's not like a, you didn't recognize the team anymore from last year. It's like like a complete overhaul or whatever. So building on the team they had, improving players who were there like Almiron. I always liked him, but um, with the the way he they are playing now is obviously it fits him extremely well. In context, from Klopp, that is some tribute. Quick word on Liverpool, post-derby win. The Reds will have Virgil van Dijk available and they'll be telling themselves, Gakpo scored. Klopp fist pumped and we finally took three points in 2023. But I'll also be utterly aware, Anthony Gordon's Newcastle will be a much sterner test than Anthony Gordon-less Everton. Talking of whom? Hello, men and Blazers. My name is Zach from Seattle, living in Orlando. I'm a Sounders fan. Concerned about Leeds United States, was the fire of Jesse Marsh, the sacking, was it too premature, was it a panic because the bottom four to six clubs decided to make that move with their managers, their gaffers at the end of the January transfer window, or should they have stayed with Marsh? The interim has just been announced as the continuing Scubata going with Armas as the trio moving forward for the end of the season. Sounds like not a permanent hire. Is that the right move for Leeds, or are they at more of a risk being at the bottom of the table? Thank you so much. Appreciate you, men and blazers. Courage. Zach from Seattle, brace yourself. Your Leeds travel to my Everton, Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time USA channel for the Battle of the Sads. I do think... The rules should be changed and the Premier League loser should just be automatically relegated of this one. Just why muck around? Rip that band-aid off. Just do it. Leeds, one point above third from bottom Everton. They travel again with interim manager Skubala. If he wins, you can really see a scenario where the job is his for the rest of the season. But if he loses, chaos and panic, my lord, will descend upon Ellen Road. Luckily for Tyler Adams and his mates, they're playing Dank Everton. And the terrible news is there, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is out again. Bless his poor back. I think he's played like 30 games possibly in the last two seasons. And without him, Everton simply will not score. So Leeds, the game is really, Leeds, you have 90 minutes to see if you can summon the one goal you need to take all those points. And in terms of your Leeds, 
You're asking me what the problem is. And I think the core problem of so many of the challenges we're seeing, the inconsistency, the lack of planning, is that the club are caught between two areas. They're caught between the current owner, Andrea Rattriani, and the impending takeover, which is always seemingly imminent by the San Francisco 49ers ownership group. You know, the Jesse Marsh firing with no apparent plan for a replacement, which is so insane when you think about it. The ridiculous surrounding Jack Harrison. Last day of the transfer window, go and have a medical up there in Leicester, but they're not making any kind of a move. That is rooted in the disagreement there. And just the the, the, the self-inflicted wound of not replacing Jesse in the here and now, all of it comes from the same chaos and a change needs to happen and happen soon. So the club gets one direction, one strategy, one clear voice that will move it forward. It's got such passionate fans. There's so much young talent. It's definitely an imperfect squad, but my God, there's a lot of talent there. And also, our Americans. During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Your dream setup, amazing prices, and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware.com deals. That's alienware.com slash deals. New Year's is now in the rearview mirror. By now, some of the excitement about our New Year's resolutions may be dying down, much like my excitement for Chelsea Football Club as we get further and further into the season. If you're looking for performance apparel that can help give you the extra push you need to keep up with your health goals, Viore has you covered. Viore creates incredibly versatile and comfortable activewear designed to look great in everyday life in and out of the gym, or in my case, on or off the tennis court. Plus, Viore is 100% off setting their carbon footprint by offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 and beyond. They are utilizing better sustainable materials for their products, empowering your best active life. With Viore, you can feel good about the things you buy and also how they are made. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash MIB. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash MIB. Not only Will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns? Trust me, go to viore.com slash MIB and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Hey, Raj. This is Andy Martinelli. Uh, I'm in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Big Bears fan, big Everton supporter. My question for you is, with Everton going down to the championship, is it easier to find new friends or a new Premier League team? Because my friends 
will not understand what I'm talking about when I say Everton is playing in the championship. And I won't want to talk to them when they talk about their team in the Premier League. I just don't know what I'm going to do next year. Any advice would be wonderful. Also, any thoughts on Aaron Rodgers' four-day blackout? What is that? Uh, anyways, courage. Love you. Take care. Bye. Oh, Andy, 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 Andy. I am ricochet. I'm not going to lie. Between mourning already, you know, just it's a feat of complete and trying to mourn and get it over. The passing of the thing I love and just false hope, just believing in Sean Dyche as a leader, a changer, a catalyst. Oh, God, if we lose this weekend, I've got to say this, darkness will descend there. We're not in an Aaron Rodgers retreat kind of way. I will say, four days of darkness. What is he banging on about? Why is he boasting about that? Every Everton fan knows that they are living 296 days of a season without light or hope or a centre forward who can score goals. And my worry is we lose to Leeds tomorrow, which I'm pretty sure we will do. Goodison Park will be in uproar and the good vibes of the Sean Dyche glory era immediately buried alive. And what do we have then? Pray for Rog. Pray for Everton. One last question, please. Hey, Rog. This is uh, Gabby Jesus calling from Houston by way of Racine, Wisconsin. Arsenal for life. Arsenal till I die. Calling you on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, you beautiful, bald Chicago Bears fan. Calling because we have two, one successful Spanish coach, and uh, as of late, second successful Spanish coach. And as of recent years, you've seen some German coaches have some success in the Premier League. Uh, my question is, where have the English coaches been? Where where have the successful English coaches been? Why haven't we seen them with the the top clubs getting the success? Anyway, hope you can answer. Courage, my friend. Be good. Gabby. Oh, get fit. Arsenal need you. What a great question. A reminder that as we agonize about when will American managers be taken seriously in the Premier League? And damn you, Southampton, for making this dream about the Jesse Marsh resurrection this week. English managers aren't taken seriously by the Premier League. The most incredible statistic is the Premier League has never had an English manager win the thing. And we used to laugh back in the Sir Alex Ferguson Manchester United glory days that the secret of great management is that all English players are simply just terrified of anything, anything that comes out of a Scotsman's mouth. But the answer to your question is more a reflection that the tactical education the grounding, the culture of English football is just subpar. Partially, it's a practical reality. Europeans tend to be multilingual. English coaches, not so much. And not just English coaches, English people in general. We're not a big speaker of many tongues apart from our own, so we don't travel well. And thus, the football tactics, the football understanding, the depth of complexity remains pretty primitive. Let's put it this way. It's not simply a coincidence that Sam Allardyce speaks, well, some English, while Thomas Tuchel can reportedly speak German, English, French, Italian and a bit of Latin. What does that mean? Well, 
It means English managers don't go abroad. They're not hired as assistants. They can't apprentice with the very best and challenge their own ideas. They can't move fluidly across borders. And coaching, the best coaching, is learnt by cross-pollination of ideas, of cultures, of challenges. Honestly, England has almost the same problem as American coaching which is also too insular, not enough American coaches leaving the comfort of that MLS bubble. Uh, English coaches don't leave England often either. And when they do, they mostly don't last. Here's the famous example of examples. Former England manager Steve McLaren, he lasted less than a year in the Netherlands at FC20 and he never learned Dutch, but he did learn how to sound like he was speaking English in a Dutch accent. I sort of knew uh, when I came here and uh, Champions League, uh, Liverpool or Arsenal, I thought maybe one of them we would draw and uh, it is Arsenal, I think, one of the, the toughest teams in the draw and I think it will be uh, very, very difficult for our players. Oh, Steve. What you just listened to is a man, just to be clear, Steve McLaren speaks fluent English in his own singular accent and only English. But here he is going full on past the duchy within months of arriving in the Netherlands. And that, that is why we're a bit of a joke over there. So Godspeed, Eddie Howe, because winning anything as an English manager would be a remarkable historic feat. And if it isn't you, Eddie Howe, then Sean Deitch, you up. We can only dream. That's it for today. I just want to thank you again. By the way, for all your incredible emails and ravens, two men in blazers at gmail.com. We've heard from City fans grappling with the legal challenges to the club and what it can mean for their memories. We've heard from Everton fans who are mourning this eternal darkness. Also, letters that put everything into perspective. You know, a lot of you dealing with real crises at home, a lot of health challenges, a lot of just human living, which puts football exactly where it should be, which is, you know, into the most important, least important thing territory. None more than a letter we received this week from Rufus Isaacs, a Spurs fan, a professor at Michigan State University, who wrote from Lansing the day after the tragedy earlier this week at MSU. And Rufus wrote searingly, about the darkness and dread which had descended upon his hometown, but he also talked beautifully about how, quote, out of this darkness, the football community has come together to bring light. He detailed the role the supporters of Lansing Common FC have played in reaching out to provide words of hope and comfort and love. And I loved reading Rufus's letter to remind her of the way football can, in moments of challenge, profound challenge, act as a connector, an energizer, a distraction. And he finished by writing Riley that by watching Tottenham lose to AC Milan in the Champions League, I can already see life returning to some form of normal. To you, Rufus, to your Tottenham, and to all in Lansing, with our love to better days ahead for all. May football give us strength and let us make great memories together. Let's not take a second for granted. And I want to leave you with a burst of my conversation with Martin Erdegaard. Really beautiful bloke. The full interview is on our YouTube channel right now. Um, I asked Martin about his strange grind of a career, one filled with a false promise of a 
youthful start and star turn humiliation at Real Madrid and then a rise back to levels of wonder. Want to know what advice you'd give to young Americans playing in Europe who are similarly grinding their pathways right now? And Martin Odegaard said this. It's Rog back on Monday sending you big love and courage. And here's some Odegaard. Martin, you're still only 24, but you were packed so much into your career. The sparkling arrival years of challenge and ordeal at Real Madrid, and now flourishing, living out thousands of fans' dreams, making them come true at Arsenal. And right now, there's so many young Americans currently trying to grind their way to success in leagues across Europe. What advice would you have for them about the true grind and the ability to rebound that the journey to success in European football requires? I think the main thing is, of course, hard work and you have to give everything every day to, to get better. And then you have to, I think you need the passion for what you're doing. Uh, you need to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, always keep going, even in difficult moments. In the lowest moments, what do you tell yourself? Yeah, just never lose faith, you know, in what you're doing. Always believe in yourself, always work hard and then in the end it will pay off. Stay the same way and keep working hard and, and believe in yourself. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Yo, Trey. Yeah, Kevin, what's up, man? I was just thinking, what would have happened if Drew Brees didn't fail his physical with the Dolphins and ended up playing under Nick Saban in Miami? There's a good shot the Finns establish a dynasty. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick probably don't become goats, and Tuscaloosa doesn't become the center of the college football universe. That's a butterfly effect for real. Hey, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.